give them food. But how? We have nothing. Just a few fish and some bread. Bring them to me. more will he give to you? from the film Son of God, the feeding of the multitude. Well, what would it have been like to, to, to be there and to see this extraordinary miracle? I'm so glad that you're here this weekend in this series, Signs Encounter the Extraordinary. In the book of John, whenever John talks about a miracle, he doesn't call it a miracle. He calls it a sign. Now, we know what a sign does. A sign is meant to tell you something. It's meant to lead you somewhere. And so John calls these miracles signs because they're meant to tell us something about who Jesus is and what Jesus does. They're meant to take us somewhere to a deeper place of faith and trust in him. In fact, the book of John, if you wanted to understand the mission statement, it's in John chapter 20. And I'm going to invite everybody, if you would, you know, wherever you're at, those here in the main building, Wherever you're at on campus, those watching online, I'm going to invite everybody to stand if you would. We're going to read this verse out loud together and fill this place with the word of God. John chapter 20 reads this way. Can we read it together? Jesus performed many other signs in front of his disciples. They are not written down in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and if you believe this, you will have life because you belong to him. Can we give God praise? Amen. <laughs> believe. Now, so far as, as we've walked through these signs, we've seen that Jesus is the winemaker. We've seen that Jesus is the water walker. He's the master of the storm. 
And for the next few moments, I want to talk to you about Jesus as the rule breaker. That when it comes to math, he bends the rules, he breaks the rules, that Jesus really is the X factor. Uh, let's do a little survey to get things started. How many liked math when you were in school? Any, anybody like math? You are better people than I am. I, I was not good at math. Uh, I did hear about a, a teacher and a little boy, and the teacher gave th- this problem. She said, oh, okay, if you, had, if you had a dollar and you asked your father for another dollar, how much money would you have? And the little boy said, one dollar. And the teacher said, you don't know your math. And the little boy said, you don't know my father. When it comes to math, I want us to think today in terms of math because this feeding really presents us with a math problem, but Jesus is the X factor. Before you're seated, tell someone, he is the X factor. Go ahead. He is the X factor. Back in 1939, there was a man by the name of George Danzig. He was in grad school up at Berkeley. And he was, well, focusing on math, on statistics. And one day he got to class late. Don't you hate when that happens? And he got to class so late that he he missed the teacher's initial presentation. What the teacher did is the teacher wrote on the board... Two famous unsolvable problems from the field of statistics. But by the time George got to class, he didn't realize that these were unsolvable problems. He thought it was the homework assignment. So what George did is he wrote those problems down and he took them home and he went to work on what he thought was the assignment for the week. Well, he brought it back and he turned it in. And sometime later, he heard a knock on the door. It was his teacher. Well, George thinks he's in trouble. But instead, the teacher says, you did it. You solved the two unsolvable problems. And this George Danzig, he was, well, he went on to be a leader in the field He taught right up here at Stanford. He won the National Award for Science and Math. And they were asking him about that moment when he solved those two unsolvable problems and kind of changed the way people thought about math. And he said, you know what? If I would have got to class that day on time and I would have heard that they were unsolvable problems, I wouldn't have even tried. Isn't that interesting? So the moral of the story is this. Always be late. (laughs) That's not really the moral of the story. See, an unsolvable problem, think differently, and the problem is solved. Today, when we look at this miracle, we are faced with what you could call an unsolvable problem. Let's go to the math class. You have two fish, and you have five loaves of bread, and you have 20 
thousand people that you need to feed. Now that looks like an unsolvable problem because, I mean, two plus five equals seven, and two times five equals what? Ten. All right. And two to the fifth power equals 32. It looks like this is an unsolvable problem until you add Jesus to the equation. Because Jesus is the X factor. And when you add Jesus to the equation, you end up with two fish plus five loaves with Jesus as the X factor. That equals 20,000 meals plus 12 baskets left over. Can somebody give God praise? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> it's a miracle I was able to write that out. I want that to get in your spirit. That Jesus is the X factor. That he can change the equation if you are facing an unsolvable problem. Track with me through this amazing story. You can follow it on your outline. The first thing we discover is that this is a test. Say that with me. This is a test. Here's how the story begins. The Bible says in John 6, a large crowd of people followed him. They had seen the signs he had done by healing sick people. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside. There he sat down with his disciples. It is a large crowd. This is the largest crowd Jesus had ever preached to. There are 20,000 people in this crowd. To give you some perspective, there are only 40,000 people in the entire area, and half of them are there that day listening to Jesus. And they are there a long time. They're there all day. He is teaching all day, and nobody wants to leave. I mean, they're at church all day, and people refuse to leave. They don't want to leave and go watch the football game. They don't want to leave and go catch a movie. They don't want to leave and head, hit the beach I mean, people are at church all day, and nobody wants to leave. Is that the greatest miracle of all? <laughs> Jesus must have been an amazing teacher, a compelling presence. They're listening to him all day long. Nobody wants to leave. So finally, the disciples pull Jesus aside, and they say, Jesus we're getting hungry. I'm sorry, we mean they're getting hungry. We think it's time to send everybody home so they can get something to eat. And Jesus turns to one of his disciples by the name of Philip. Philip's hometown was close by. He knew where Panera was. <laughs> and so Jesus says to Philip, where can we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to what? Only to what? Test Philip. He already knew what he was going to do. This is a test. Now, we know what a test is. 
We've taken tests in school, and when you take a test, I found some answers online that people had given to tests. You can see up here, one test said, what ended in 1896, and the kid wrote 1895. I thought that was pretty clever. <laughs> and then, then there's another, <laughs> it said, if you had three apples and four oranges in one hand, and three oranges and four apples in the other hand, what would you have? Very large hands. Wow. <laughs> we, know, we know what a test is. A test is something that you take, and when you pass the test, that's how you get to the next level. So you got from first grade to second grade because you were able to pass a test. And you got from second grade to third grade because you were able to pass a test. And on and on it goes. The way you get to the next level is by taking a test. And Jesus is the master teacher. He loves you right where you're at, but he loves you too much to leave you where you're at. And he wants to take you to a whole new level of faith, from some faith to more faith to great faith. And so he gives Philip a test. That's how you get a testimony. You get a testimony by taking a test. And maybe if you call time out right now and you look at your life experience, where you're at in this season, you're in the middle of a season of testing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? A season of testing at work or a season of testing in ministry, a season of testing in your finances. Right now, you're in a season of testing. See, Jesus loves us right where we're at, but he loves us too much to leave us where we're at. And when those seasons of testing comes into our lives, Jesus is the master teacher, wants to grow our faith and to stretch our faith, to take us to the next level. That's how you end up with a testimony. Because you know people like I do. You know people in two situations. You know people who for 25 years have been followers of Jesus. And boy, they love Jesus. They're not perfect people, but they've taken tests. Sometimes they've gotten it right. Sometimes they've gotten it wrong. But they keep growing. They keep stretching. And they've gone to another level of faith. Can somebody say amen? amen. That's who I want to be. I want to be that kind of person. But you know other people like I do, you know them. They've been followers of Jesus for 25 years, but they're at that same level of faith that they were 25 years ago. They keep having to take the same grade over and over and over again because they've never been willing to pass the test. Now, Jesus is the master teacher. He loves us right where we're at, but he doesn't want us to stay where we're at. Jesus wants to take us to the next level, amen? And I know that the folks in this room and the folks watching online, that together, Jesus is our master teacher, and we're ready by his grace to pass the test. Can we give God praise, amen? I'm believing that you and I are going to pass that test. Look at someone and tell them, you're going to do it. Go ahead. You're going to do it. You're going to pass that test. Now, how did Philip do? How did he do? Well, I'm not sure what kind of grade I should give him. But here's what Philip says. He says, well, 
He says, suppose we were to able to buy enough bread for each person to have just a bite. That would take more than half a year's pay. Philip is a numbers guy. And so he starts working out the math in his head. And so he says, well, if we had half a year's pay, that's 200 denarii. And we needed to feed 20,000 people. Jesus, we would only be able to give them a snack. It doesn't add up for Philip. And it's not that Philip's math was wrong. Philip's math was right. It was just incomplete. He forgot to add Jesus to the equation. Because when you add Jesus to the equation, it changes everything. It changes everything. Friend, if you're at a place in your life where it just doesn't add up, you know, if you wait till everything adds up, if you sense a nudge from God and you're waiting until everything adds up, you'll never take that missions trip. You'll never go to grad school. You'll never adopt that kid. If you're waiting for everything to add up, friend, you'll never begin to give. You'll never begin to tithe. Can, can we just get real for a moment? If you look at tithing, tithing is when I take 10%, the first 10% of my income, and I give it to support the work of God in the world. If I do that, just looking at the numbers when I add it up, if I have 100% and I take 10% and I give it away, I end up with 90% and it looks like a net loss for me. It looks like a net loss until I add Jesus to the equation. And when I add the words of Jesus to the equation, look at what Jesus says about giving. Give and it will be given to you. A good amount will be poured into your lap. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Can somebody say amen? amen. Here's what I found out. My wife and I, well, we've been tithing for almost 35 years, and here is what we have learned, that you simply cannot outgive God when you add Jesus to the equation. This doesn't mean a net loss. It means a net gain. Can we give God praise? Jesus makes all the difference. He is the X factor. He is the X factor. Add Jesus to the equation. You know, next that brings us to what I call a drop in the bucket. Would you say that with me? A drop in the bucket. There is a there was an old school television show called I Love Lucy. Anybody remember that show? And there, there's this one scene. It's kind of an iconic scene where Lucy is overwhelmed. Watch the screens and you can see it for yourself. All right, girls. Now, this is your last chance. If one piece of candy gets past you and into the packing room unwrapped, you're fired. Yes, ma'am. Let her roll! <laughs> Ha, 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 ha. 
fine. You're doing splendidly. Speed it up a little. Oh, my. Have you ever felt overwhelmed? Psychologists say that there is a, an effect called the drop in the bucket effect. And that effect happens when you and I see a great need, a great demand, and then we see our own resources, and we feel that we are just a drop in the bucket. And psychologists say that when a drop in the bucket what effect happens in a person's life, instead of being motivated to do what we can, we're paralyzed and we don't do anything because we're overwhelmed by this feeling. Whatever we do, it is just a drop in the what? Bucket. I wonder if that's what Andrew is feeling. Andrew is a disciple of Jesus. He scours the crowd he finds a little boy with two fish and five loaves of bread. And here's what he says to Jesus. He says, here is a boy with five small loaves of barley bread. He also has two small fish. But how far will that go in such a large crowd? Jesus, it's just a drop in the what? Bucket. But when you add Jesus to the equation, when you take what you have and you put it in his hands and he blesses it and he breaks it, friend, that changes the equation. Sometimes we look at our lives and we think, can this really make a difference? It just seems like I have so little to offer. You know, the gifts that we have or the talents we have or the energy we have or the time that we have or the ideas that we have or the acts of kindness that we have. Can this really make a difference in the world? It seems like just a drop in the bucket until you put it into the hands of Jesus. And when you put what you have into the hands of Jesus and he blesses it and he breaks it, it changes the equation. It makes a difference whose hands it's in. You know, I brought some things from home. I brought a basketball. And if you put a basketball in my hands, it's not worth very much. But if you put the basketball in the hands of Steph Curry, hello, that changes the equation, doesn't it? Well, I've, I have a football that I brought. Put the football in my hands and it's not worth that much. But put the football in the hands of Derek Carr, and that changes the equation. I brought a baseball, and well, this baseball in my hands is not worth very much. But put it in the hands of Madison Bumgarner, and that changes the equation. It makes a difference whose hands it's in. I mean, if you take this nail and you put it in my hands, well, it's not worth very much. But when you take this nail and you put it into the hands of Jesus, it's worth the salvation of the world, friend. It makes a difference when you take what you have. So whatever you have, what is in your hands? 
Take what you have and offer it to Jesus. This weekend, take what you have and offer it to Jesus. That can become the catalyst for a miracle. This little boy, he has two fish and five loaves, but he puts it into the hands of Jesus. Isn't that interesting? You know, back in the, the, the first century, when they counted a crowd, they only counted the men. That's why when it says there were 5,000 men, you can know that there were about 20,000 people in the crowd. They only counted men because in the first century, men were the only ones who counted. Women didn't count. Kids didn't count. And that's why the only ones who were counted were men, and then Jesus shows up. And that changes everything. And it's the little boy who didn't count. He becomes the catalyst for the miracle. Friend, when others count you out, Jesus counts you in. Oh, let me say that again. When others count you out, Jesus counts you in. And what you offer to Jesus can become the catalyst for a miracle. Hallelujah. There was a little boy. 13 years old. Let me tell you his story. This 13-year-old little boy, he, he lived in a tiny little town in the south, and he didn't look like he had much to offer. He didn't. I mean, if you looked at this kid, uh, he was, well, he came from the poor side of town. His English, it was broken English. His, his grandma spoke no English at all. And if you just looked at this kid, it didn't look like he had much to offer. It didn't look like he counted. But when others count you out, Jesus counts you in. And this 13-year-old boy walked down the aisles of a church, and he offered what he had to Jesus. And Jesus blessed it, and Jesus broke it, and Jesus multiplied it. And when you add Jesus to the equation, that 13-year-old boy was my dad, a founding pastor of the Cathedral of Faith. Look what the Lord has done. Let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. See, Jesus is the X factor. Take what you have this weekend. Offer it to Jesus. Never underestimate what the blessing of God can do. I had to wind things up in the story. I want you to look finally with me to what I call the real wonder bread. As the ushers start to prepare for communion, Jesus is the real wonder bread. Look at how the story wraps up. It says, when all of them had enough to eat, Jesus spoke to his disciples, gather the leftover pieces. Leftover, say that with me, leftover he said, don't waste anything. So they gathered what was left over from the five barley loaves. They filled 12 baskets with the pieces left by those who had eaten. Leftovers. They had leftovers. Every once in a while, when I go to a restaurant, and I love all kinds of restaurants. I've never met a food I didn't like. Amen. <laughs> and so I'm at the restaurant, and every once in a while... There's too much food. Now, that doesn't happen very often because when I eat, I like to eat. I eat until, well, some people eat to the full. I eat till I'm tired. Amen. 
And so most of the time, I finish what's on my plate. I finish it all. But every once in a while, every once in a while, something extraordinary happens. I don't finish what's on my plate. And they ask me, would you like us to bag it up? And I say, of course I would. And they give me a bag to take home, and I end up with leftovers. When Jesus gives them leftovers, it's another way of saying, he's not enough. He's more than enough to meet any need that you have. Don't miss the message that Jesus has for us this weekend. Is Jesus enough to solve your problem? He's not just enough. He's more than enough. Amen? More than enough to solve the problem that we have, the unsolvable problem. But if you want to dive deep, are you ready to go deep? You have to, well, read the rest of the story because in the last part of that same chapter, John chapter 6, Jesus brings up this whole bread thing again. And he says this, he makes this radical claim. He says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. And everyone who eats some of this bread will live how long? Forever. This bread is my body. I will give it for the life of the world. That Jesus is the bread of life. And he wants the crowd that was there back then and the crowd that's here today to know who he claims to be. He claims to be the bread of life. We see this message from the start of his life to the end of his life. You know, from the start of his life, he was born in a little town called what? Bethlehem. Bethlehem comes from two Hebrew words, which means house, of bread. Jesus was born in the house of bread because Jesus is the bread of life. And then you come to the end of his life, and there is Jesus at the Last Supper. And what does he do? He takes the bread and he blesses it and he breaks it and he says, This is my body which is broken for you because Jesus is the bread of life. And then he performs this miracle and says it's an amazing miracle, but don't miss the sign. It takes you somewhere to who I really am. That Jesus is the bread of life for our spirit and for our soul. And if we will feed on him. What a strange idea to feed on Jesus Until you think about how we use that word in other ways. This image, we think about, I mean, we talk about, well, I'm going to chew on that idea. Well, I devoured a good book. You know, you swallowed that proposal, didn't you? We even talk about this feeding idea when it comes to other people, how that student, man, he feeds off that teacher. Or that athlete, just, man, he feeds off that coach. Or that actor just feeds off that audience. And in a much more profound way. Well, when Jesus says, when you feed on the bread of life, it's a way of 
of describing what it's like to believe in him and to follow him and to commune with him, to feed on his words and his ways till they become a part of us and it changes our lives in the best kind of way. And that's how the bread changes your life. It changes it when you feed on it. You have to feed on it. Are you ready to eat? Anybody hungry? You like bread? Help me out here. I've got some bread. This is fresh bread from Panera this morning. And so can you, you know, this looks good, huh? It, how does it smell? Nice. It smells nice. Yeah, it does. But here's the thing. You know, if the bread's over here and you're over here, it's not going to do you any good. You have to reach over, grab a piece of bread, and you have to put it in your mouth and chew it and swallow it. So can you help me out? Let's give an object lesson right here in church. Take a piece of that bread and go ahead and take a bite. And there we go. Chew it. Is it good? Taste and see that the bread is good. How about a big hand for our volunteer? Here you go, man. You get the whole loaf. That is how the bread impacts you. So here's my question, friend. What are you waiting for? Jesus is the bread of life. And if we feed on him, his words and his ways, and they become a part of us, they nourish our spirit, they nourish our soul, that is how you experience the extraordinary. Can we give God praise? Jesus is the X factor. Hallelujah. The ushers are coming forward, and they're going to prepare to serve you communion. The stage techs are going to help get ready for this final song. If you're here this week, and bow your heads for just a moment. If you're here this week, and you'd say, you know, Pastor Ken, I need to take the first step. I need to surrender my life to Jesus. I need to step across the line, put my faith and trust in him. If you need to make that decision today, if you're here on this campus, those watching online, other campuses around the bay, I just want to agree with you that this is your day. This is your moment. You want to receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. If that's the decision you're making today, would you lift up your hand real high and say, Pastor Ken, that's me. Right over here, right over here. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you up here. Let's give God praise. Amen. So many people opening their hearts up to God. I want to encourage you as the ushers serve you and you take the elements, hold them in your hands. Open up your heart. Jesus is the bread of life. And I believe this is in a moment when we can start to encounter the extraordinary, that if you need a miracle today, that this is a means of grace when we feed and we drink, it's a way that we take hold of of Jesus. And Jesus is the X factor. And we can be on our way to a miracle this weekend. Let this song by Dan and Carol just prepare your heart for what God wants to do.
There's a chair that waits for you And a friend who understands Everything you're going through Everybody stand with me, please. Well, I believe that the, the presence of, of God is really locked in on this moment. 
if you'd say, hey, Pastor Ken, you know, there, there's just me in my own life where I'm at right now or, or somebody that is close to me. Boy, we need a miracle. We really do. Would you just lift up your hand? You'd say, Pastor Ken, either I need a miracle or somebody that I know. They, they need, you know, flat out miracle in their spirit, in their soul, in their body, in their relationship. I want us to believe Jesus is the X factor. And so as we eat and drink today, let's believe that Jesus, well, let's put our faith and trust in him. Let's stretch our faith today and believe that he is the X factor who can, well, when we seek Jesus, we're on our way to experiencing the extraordinary. Jesus, thank you for your bread, your body that was broken for us. And today we eat in faith. We expect that the miracle is on the way. Let's eat together in faith. Jesus, thank you for your blood that was shed. You gave your life so we could have life. We drink today as an act of faith. We receive from you what we need. Jesus, thank you. Our trust and our confidence is in you today. Let's drink in of the power of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We take just a moment and... The Bible says that Jesus gave thanks even before the miracle happened. He gave thanks, then he blessed it, then he broke it. Can we give thanks in advance to God that the miracle's on the way just as a statement of faith? Hallelujah. God, we believe our trust is in you, and we give you thanks today in advance because we believe that miracle is on the way. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory, hallelujah, hallelujah, amen. Oh, God is good, and all the time. Just a, a couple quick things. You know, first of all, if you need further prayer, our team will be down here to pray with you and for you right after service. Then don't forget, you know, that those movie tickets. We're going to have a great time. We've got that special showing. Uh, Jim said it's a great movie. He plays the character of Luke in it, so I'm looking forward to that. And then, you know, bring a friend out with you as we continue our journey on Encounter the Extraordinary. Thanks so much for being here. I'm believing. Well, I love my cathedral family. I'm believing God's going to give you an amazing week. Amen? Amen. That God, you're going to see miracles begin to show up in your life in the best kind of way.